0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Circuit 42. This is our second, that's second, attempt at recording, or as Brett calls it, Take two. So, this is our special guest, Brett Booth, professional comic book artist, wizard, and man who doesn't sleep and watches all of the anime. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I don't watch all of it. I have to turn some of it off because it's not good. <laughs>
0: So it's like, if I watched all of the anime, I would actually have a seizure. And that's bad. Yeah. So... Yeah. Death, Death Note, not as good as everybody kept telling me. Attack on Titan is the better of the tale. Uh Yeah, I...
2: I, I the, the one with the kids, like the high school one, <laughs> that actually looks really funny, so
1: I might actually... <laughs> Break down and see that one. So for those... Uh, That looks cool. They just have a lot of teeth. Just draws me off the wall of the Titans.
0: Well, dude, it's... it's,
1: They got too many teeth. It's like Rob Liefeld's
0: drawings. Ah! I was gonna say, it's (laughs) that Rob Rob Liefeld smile. Wait, are you saying that some of the artists who previously worked to image kind of make fun of Rob Liefeld? That's crazy, sir. Uh.
2: We all make fun of each other. That's what the feet
0: thing's all about. Yep. Well, didn't you know everyone's feet are made of cloud and fog and rocks and grass? Yes, yes. Not feet, though, because apparently they're hard to draw. (laughs)
1: Um, I don't know I don't know why the feet were hard to draw I mean I think it's mostly it's just poor planning on the pages Well, because you start drawing and then you're like oh crap then I got a defeater gonna like, like right here at
2: the bottom of the page how do I how do I fix that I would just simply put in some smoke <laughs> well,
1: maybe some rocks and
0: we'll be, be all good funny thing is even like looking back at some of my like X-Men and uh, Wildcats by Jim Lee from when I was a kid because um, I got the I got the big absolute edition recently I actually picked it up for like is that the, the black and white one? oh Oh, no this is the one that's like almost the size of an actual like comic art page it's like the oversized hardcovers where they do like the slipcases from dc mm, okay. and it's like the first i don't know how they wrangled this but it was like the first 12 issues and then they even got the cyber force issues and then they got the the x-men wildcats crossover that um that hit that, did, that and Lee did mm, and i'm yes. like that's a licensing deal man when you're like hey marvel you want to get down on this because that doesn't happen very often not anymore no yeah. That'd be cool though, wouldn't it? That would be cool. See, what we need to do, you and I need to find a way to take the comic industry, put Marvel into almost near bankruptcy, and then everyone will make every crossover, and, all, and we'll all be happy. <laughs>
1: Marvel would just do an extra cover or something. Yep. That's after a new plan, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do a new cover, a new special cover on Wednesdays."
0: Or recolor some of these art.
1: What's, what's with that Marvel? Come on, let's get some cool things going.
0: Crossovers. Well, I mean, we got to throw in a hologram that doesn't actually make any sense. Because <laughs> I'm a big Marvel and DC fan, but when they tried to do the holograms for the gener- something generations or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and um, literally the holograms didn't work. And I'm like, "How? We've been doing holograms at work since the '90s. How the hell did you <laughs> screw that up?"
1: I, mean, I did one. Oh, why did the not the 3D one. It was like uh, those old school things were like a moving image kind of thing. Maybe uh, went for the Flash. He had, like, it was kind of weird because of the way they were done they had to be done like four months in advance.
0: But when you look at them and you look at them what they are doing
2: going here but we're not quite sure.
0: So. <laughs> so for those confused members of the audience who are like who's Brett Booth? I don't know about the shenanigans. For those five people I think at this point in terms of comic book fans it's about five people who don't, who don't know who you are. But for them Probably, uh, probably a few more. Uh, I, I, every now and then, I get, I get, a, I get a,
2: someone and say, "Hey, I got into your art, you know, on the Titans," and then they realize that, "Oh,
1: you've actually been drawing for like almost twenty years before that." So, <laughs> <laughs> so yep, been doing this a while.
0: Ian's like, "Let me tell you about backlash."
1: <laughs> the drew last week, I think. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. But, um, yeah, I remember when I saw you, when I met you at Fan Expo, one of my little geek out moments was that they finally put Backlash on the DC Universe app, and then seemingly they just stopped putting Wildstorm books on there. And I'm like, why? Oh, they did? Because I've
1: been getting royalties for them. I Well, you know, the, I know, like Comixology. Maybe it's just...
0: Well, they still you know, have maybe them. maybe
1: those are Comixologies.
0: Yeah, because they still have them on DC Universe, but they haven't added anything else. Like, they've got the first 12 issues of Wildcats, and that's all. And I'm like... Mm, okay. So we're not going to get the Alan Moore issues? But, um, yeah, that's weird because uh, I know that
1: they got them on uh, comicologies. Yeah. They have backlash in Wildcore. So I get like my six cents when the royalty statement comes <laughs> in—six whole cents for this.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I I love them. I still go back and reread them. Um, but um, yeah, so like like we said, you know, you are comic book artist Brett Booth. You've worked for DC. You worked with Wildstorm. You're one. Of, you're one of the like. Well, the the for me, like we know the original image founders and you and you and others kind of came in on the the second wave, but yeah. for me, like you guys were the Wildstorm team, like seriously, because that's when for me a lot of these books really came t- kicked into place. And we're gonna talk about a lot of books, but I want to talk about the first place I actually saw your work, and that okay. was um Fantastic Four on the second Fantastic half of Heroes reborn.
1: Born.
2: Four.
0: yeah, yep. How did how did that how did that come out? Because I know. Originally, um, uh, Wild, Image and Wildstorm, you know, Image Extreme Studios, whatever you want to call it, um, and Wildstorm had licensed the uh, Marvel titles after her, after Onslaught. So how'd that come around? How'd you end up on that project?
1: That came around, uh, Jim called me into his office and, uh, wanted me uh, to do that. And he was like, "If you do this for me, because I don't think I was thinking, because the books kind of hit, hit the schedules and everything. I think he was worried that he would he wouldn't be able to do more than like six issues in a row without running, because he's also running the company. Yeah. So that's different. It's different than when he was working on the X Men. So uh, he wanted Rod and me and then Ryan, uh, who was supposed to be doing uh, Benjamin. Was it Benjamin? Was it Benjamin? Was rather Ryan? He took over Iron Man.
0: Yeah, it was Ryan things. Benjamin. Ryan Benjamin took over for Patricia. Okay. because
1: yeah, there was another Ryan uh, who uh, did an issue of, of Backlash 2. Um, and uh, so they want Jim was specifically the people who would hit, could hit the deadlines. Um, so in exchange for doing the Fantastic Four, he gave me, he asked me he to do one crossovers. So oh, we were getting to do like four crossovers. Uh, I think it was like Gen 13, Death Blow, Grifter, and what, was I know Walkouts was in there I'm not sure if it was a f- 4 in addition to the Walkouts X-Men um, So in exchange for me Being able to do the Backlash Spider-Man crossover I had to agree to do 6 issues Of uh, Fantastic 4 So uh, Originally uh, We pitched a Daredevil story too. So it was uh, either Spider-Man or Daredevil They decided to be a Spider-Man Because Spider-Man is so cool Or they thought it would
0: my money, so. <laughs> I still love, um, like, for me, like, the thing that stood out, there were two things, that, two things to New Run that I really liked. Uh, one was the double page splash that you did of Doctor Doom, because, like, for me, that was still, like, one of the coolest drawings I've ever seen, just because of the level of detail. And um, the other one for me was when you brought in the Inhumans, because I've always loved two images in there. I love the profile shot you did with um, Black Bolt. Like it was very simple, but I, but it, for me, it captured the character really well, and I love the way you drew Galactus. Yeah, he's fun
1: but difficult. He's got a lot of stuff, and he got to get his, his horns right, his little things on his helmet right, and uh, uh the Doctor Doom thing. I'm not even remembering which one that was. <laughs> was was that in X? Was that was that
0: with the, the the Hulk in it? Um, I think that was when. It was like a little backup that you and Lodell did. Okay, yeah. On okay, um, one of the so fantastic so worked with
1: Scott. So yeah, that was like, there's a picture of the Hulk. So okay, that's what I can, because Jimmy, like, I was, just, like, calls me up real quick. He's like, hey, I need you to do this, like, backup story. I don't know how many pages of this. He's like, Scott's going to send you stuff from the hotel. I was like, what? He's writing in a hotel? That's how fast they needed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I spent like a like a week drawing that real quick. Oh. So, I had, I had actually started. I had, I had actually drawn like nine pages of Fantastic Four, seven at that point already. So.
0: <laughs> it is crazy when you think about it, because like for like just a little backup, you and Lobell worked on it, and you look at the amount of work that you guys have done since. Um, together. Yeah, you didn't
1: remember any of that at all. Such a jerk,
0: Scott. You he he re- re- we didn't
1: remember our Darkness issue. It was an issue of Darkness together as well.
0: I. I gotta say, like that that whole that whole run had some like favorite art that introduced me to uh Clayton Crane, who I've been a fan of ever since. Because you had who's um, that? Who's that? <laughs> um, Clayton Crane. He um, well, Clayton Crane. He did the X Force by uh, Yoss, and then he has like kind of that painted like kind of painted style. And he did a lot of Ghost Rider stuff with Garth Ennis. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a character. No. Oh crap! Was it a character? I worked on, but I don't remember. I just getting old, you don't remember all, all, half of the stuff. Like, I'm drawing a character, like, I did, like, The Crow, like, a couple weeks ago, a picture of The Crow for my Patreon. And, uh, I, said, I don't think I ever drew before, and then someone always posts a picture of what I've drawn him before. And, like, well, I guess I did draw that one before.
0: You're so, like, I uh, can't make fun of uh, I guess you say, I don't, think I, I don't think I've drawn this character. That's my new thing. I mean, they don't think I've drawn this character before. And, well, apparently I did
1: someone here, and, John, this one there before, okay. Uh, you, you just kind of... You, 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 I don't even remember half the pages I drew last year so.
0: Chris Claremont pops up on your Twitter. Brett, we worked on X-Men together. Wait, what? It's Chris Claremont... Oh, oh man, he's mad at me.
1: Uh, I've I, 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 I created two X-Men characters that I have no idea what the how they look like. <laughs> I got so, a contract with Marvel so if they ever use them in a movie I get paid toys or whatever it is. I don't know what they look like.
0: Brett, this is why you have to sleep, man. We talked <laughs> about this. Sleep is it's, important.
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's, very, it's very, It was, because they were, like, kind of created on the boards. They are just background characters, but I guess they named them, so.
0: Yeah, I think, I could be wrong, but I think one of them was when they brought back, um...
1: One of them was used in something else, like, a few times, so I did, someone did send me a picture, but I don't remember what else. was.
0: But, yeah. I will. I will remember by the very end of the interview, and I'll be like, "It was this guy." And you will be like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I remember old old that guy." All right. So with that, I gotta ask. I gotta ask you. Uh, we've got to talk about Bloodshot, man, because it's crazy that a movie was in the was in theaters for like a minute. How like the comic, the comic book that it was based on your guys' run is taken off, and how much of a following that movie has gotten. So I gotta ask you, Brett. Have you got to watch it yet? Have you got to? Deliver I to have your not. I have not watched it. So how did how did Bloodshot happen? Man, because like for me, that that comic book is everything that I love when I was ten years old, except with writing that actually flows. So it's yeah, definitely I was a, lot a better.
2: really
1: good writer. So. yep, uh, I was I, I wasn't working at DC, and Andrew uh, Dollhouse, my regular colorist at DC, suggested and we were and Ryan a lot, so just buy it. So I emailed them, and uh, they offered me not they offered me, they, didn't, they gave me a couple covers, and like there was like nothing there for like two weeks I didn't hear back from them, and suddenly they offered me a shot. And the, yeah, the movie was coming out, so I was kind of like, eh, maybe I'll do that because I you know, don't have anything else to do <laughs> at the time. I wasn't working on anything. So
0: now I know. Right now we've got the the second vol. The second trade just came out. I actually just picked up the uh, first last week from my through my local store because they reopened. Um, so I gotta ask. We got the second two first two volumes out. Uh, what's what's gonna be what's happening with that series? What can you talk about?
1: Uh, I'm not working on it anymore, so I don't
0: know. Well, I'm sad now. We need we need to find yeah. a way. We need to be, do like, uh, was it that that terrible, even by ter- even by Beverly Hills standard, terrible episode of Beverly Hills Night Two and O where they're like, let let Jenny Garth graduate, except it's let Brett Booth draw more bloodshot. Uh, no, nah, I'm good. That that would be the most anticlimactic ending to that episode ever. It's like. That's I am, cool. I, I, I've never
1: seen, I think I've seen like one episode of 90210.
0: It's one of the worst shows of all time. I don't know why yeah. it was a final one. But this episode is like so bad it's funny. Because like I watched this, watch this particular one as an adult and showed it to someone. I'm like, yeah, see this character never actually seems to go to school. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe she's not graduating because she's a dumbass. <laughs> so why would they let her graduate for being well, stupid? This is like the it's like the participation trophy of, of um, <laughs> teen drama. Uh, uh, no, I the, the, don't think like never go to school though. I
1: mean, you know, occasionally I see like the, the kids will go off to school, but it's never actually in school.
0: True. I feel like you and I. Like, you, you, people I guess.
1: Like, I mean, I know as I said, I haven't seen it, so I'm I'm basically going off of what I remember from our old Ben Stiller sketch, this old TV show. Yep. Yeah. that uh, shows great. I guess he was
2: like twin brothers
1: or something like that, but it's like a script from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. But that was
0: actually in school, so. Yeah. Which means it's not like the show at all, really. Okay. I, I, I feel like. So <laughs> I got no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. No, no, no. I'm joking because of the fact that they, we joke about them never actually going <laughs> to school. But um I feel like just the participation trophy joke alone, which is get people mad at you and me, and we're like the most neutral, seemingly neutral people on social media. It's like they made a joke about participation trophies cancellation. It's like we didn't uh, do anything. <laughs> Plus, I like, we have. Plus, I don't have that many viewers, so who cares?
1: A player who was like not happy about that. For your, so didn't want his kids to get participation trophies because he said like it doesn't teach them anything.
0: It's, <laughs> it's like the Ron. It's kind of funny. It's like the Ron Swanson way, man. Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah. So sorry. Sorry. So, right, man you you watch you watch your anime and you draw your funny books, and that's the way it is. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of speaking of the funny books, flash forward, man. It just I know you guys just the series just wrapped the trades. Uh, is the trade coming out, or is it already come out?
1: Yeah, it should be out. It comes out in July. It was supposed to come out during the craziness. It was supposed to come out after Free Comic Book Day because the Free Comic Book Day issue is actually in it. Or what you know, what we did for the Free Comic Book
0: Day is in it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you tra- that. In the
1: trade, so
0: okay, so that is going to be released in the trade. I was actually yeah. going to. I was actually worried that they would, like, skip over it or something and then release it later. I'm like, this is the epilogue for the story. Don't do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's in there. Um, I looked at it last week. So it is it is in there. Someone, I was uh, curious myself. Cause I was, like, someone had asked me online, and I was like, well, I better go check that out. Since I have the trade right here in the back of the truck, and I, just, I just open it up and look.
0: Like he's looking at it right now, people. During the interview.
1: No, actually, I'm drawing right now, so...
0: What are you working on, by the way? If you don't mind asking.
1: Spartan, I'm not happy with it. I might have to trash it.
0: Immediately. Oh, Spartan from Wildcats.
1: Yeah, I got a big ass commission. Somebody wanted like, a four-page commission, so dude, he wants all the Wildcats on like four pages of boards. So I'm drawing Spartan right now. He's like the, the one side. He's the main guy. On the one side, Zell and Griff are the one. Being two characters on the other side, so.
0: So are you gonna go with just the so are you gonna go with like the core original team or are you gonna bring in some of the characters from uh, like no, their with the stuff. original team? What
1: minus no empty so
0: Ah uh, we we but we love our but we love our oh. angry we love our angry midget. He's like the competent likable version of Trump. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's no like version of Trump. Yeah. So
0: well, likeable version of Trump is not a thing, that doesn't exist. Uh, well so enough about that. But, uh, because we don't have time for them, we don't have time for them political shenanigans here at Circuit Forty yeah. Two. But, um, yeah, we gotta talk about Flash Forward, man, because, uh, that was, that was a kind of a, that was kind of a big deal, because I remember it came out to Heroes in Crisis, and, um, I know people are very, to put it lightly, because it's the internet, people are, and it's kind of Tom Keene on the internet, people are super polarized. Like, it seems like yeah. half people are not think it's brilliant, and half the people are like, what, my childhood, erg. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I kind of glanced through it when they sent me the uh, some of the stuff. I'm not super, I didn't read all of it. Um, it, it it was a little. I was the Wally part. That. I mean, it was it, it was it seemed fine at first, and then like the, when the incident happened, it almost seemed like that wasn't Wally. It, the characterization just wasn't Wally at that point. So, so it was kind so of it was kind of weird because he got it earlier, and then it, it, it but.
0: So I got to ask you about that because obviously you know, Flash Forward began like well, at least said the first issue began as a almost like an epilogue to the events of Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. How was that like with you with you and Scott taking this taking this book taking a character that you yourself said you felt very out of character, especially at a certain point in the book, and kind of bringing that around with that character again? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Scott had written
1: Wally already in uh, that Flash Speed Buggy thing. Yeah, we knew the character at least enough, but he was always ask me a bunch of questions. Um, if he got stuck on anything, and uh, so th- I mean, they they basically wanted the DC one of the redemption thing in there, so that was the, one of the key things that they wanted. Um, so, so Scott crafted a kind of story about that and this dark matter stuff. And so uh, we just kind of we. We kind of used a little bit of the uh, Heroes in Crisis thing. Yeah. But just kind of, it was just kind of back, we, we acknowledged it was there, but we just kind of didn't, I mean, we, we went back to it, but we didn't, like, dwell on it as much. Because um, as I said, it seemed a little out of character. Right? So we basically went with uh, what we were already doing.
0: So speaking about Flash, with Flash you mentioned uh, Flash... Flash and Speed Buggy, I really liked these crossovers that DC started doing with the Hanna-Barbera and the Warner Brothers characters. Yeah. What was that like, you know, being able to not only do that, but also be able to do the uh, Joker Daffy Duck crossover? <laughs> just being able to draw these, child, to draw these characters and probably, you probably don't get to draw very often. Yeah, it was uh, the, the Speed Buggy
1: uh, thing, they kind of just <laughs> left me alone on that. Um, uh, just I did a couple versions of the Speed Buggy thing, I think they did more than a couple of think they did about 10 versions, just the quick little drawings uh, based on the different types of uh, designs, those, uh, those kind of puggies, I forget what they're called. Um, and I sent them in and, and they picked the one that they liked, so we went with that one. And, uh, with Daffy Duck, they were like, oh, can you send me, can you just draw a quick Daffy Duck? They don't want it to be too cartoony, but they also don't want it to be too realistic. So it was, it was kind of, uh, kind of get the kind of get, grab the balance, pick uh, the balance for photos so those was kind of interesting. I mean, uh, especially then like having to draw like you know a car killing things, <laughs> Which is like you know, like if I if I had more animation in my background, then it, it probably would have been you know really easy. But it was, and it wasn't super hard right anything. I had a lot of fun on that book. Um, it was just trying to trying to figure out like there's like one point where Scott's like oh well uh, Speed Buggy has a wrench and I was like what how, <laughs> how the hell is he holding a wrench? because <laughs> so the car's already been designed you know the pages are already drawn. I was like, oh gosh, I gotta figure out how to do that. And he has a closing a door or something like that. I can go darker or lighter, you know, it can be more funny and you know, comical. I can play comedy if I need to. I can go with the, uh more serious, darker tones. Uh, you know, that's, that's why I kind of just haven't switched it up a lot. I try to modernize it um, so it's more current style. Um,
0: I, I wanted to talk about that because your style's always been very different. Like, even in the 90s in Kindred, like, when everybody was drawing people to be, like, the, the, the width of, like, a traffic sign, uh, you're like, you know what? Not everyone has to have organs that make no sense <laughs> and have guns that they clearly can't hold with their giant arms. And yeah. I got to ask you about that, because your style was very different than a lot of the artists during the, like, during the image era, during the Wildstorm era. And it's kind of part of what drew me to, to your work, even, even as a kid. So wh- so what is it about your style? Like, how, what influenced it? What made you want to develop that particular style of artwork? Uh, I think it was basically
1: just from the people who are, kind of got me in the comics. So, I mean, I got in, uh, I got interested in comics a little later, so I was a little older. Um, but I got like art Adams, uh, Sylvester, Walter Simonson. Those were all the, the X Men at the time, and X Factor was sort of the huge, really big influences. Uh, they are the ones who got me in and kept kept me reading comics. Uh, so we
0: we've, we've got to talk about that because Arthur Adams, man, like his work, particularly on Lawn Shot. Like I know a lot of people have said, and I definitely, and I definitely agree with this that really Arthur Adams' artwork on Lawn Shot kind of birthed that 90s style of comic
1: book are kind of like oh yeah he's uh, well you can kind of go back it's like uh, he's influenced by uh, Walter Simonson and uh, drawing a blank on Michael Golden those are like two of his big influences and then so and you have uh, Walter Simonson goes back to Kirby uh and then uh, Art Adams yeah Jim Wills and, and me and Scott Campbell also go back to Art Adams and uh, that's, that's, that's a big influence on us as well. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we were already like free image, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, art, art-wise, I mean, that's the style we were actually already, already drawing in or going for. So it's like not so difficult. Uh, you know, like, like the image kind of came around. We were already, you know, in that kind of mindset, uh, drawing those kind of that, that style of it. so it's like it wasn't like a big leap or anything. Like, it wasn't like trying to draw in the image style that like, switch to. Um, that was already like partially there before uh, before it got really
0: big. Yeah, it is it is interesting because you kind of look at it. And what I always thought, what I always thought was odd was when like, um, and this is the one th- the one thing that kind of disappointed me in the big two at the time was when Marvel in particular had artists like Herb Trimp who are just fantastic artists, and they were trying in the last time, last years of his art career, he was basically being told to draw like, a, like Jim Lee. And yeah. I'm like, why would you do that? Just let an artist have their identity. Don't tell him to ape someone else. I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well just be Roger Cruz in the 90s.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it was funny because Wallstorm wasn't like that, actually. It was like, Jim encouraged us to kind of go off on a do our own stuff, so that we weren't, like, forced to stay. And we, we got hired because Grew in a similar style, so uh, we can you know do fill and stuff or whatever. But uh, we were encouraged to kind of go off and find because he was like, once drawing enough stuff, to go find your own style. Well,
0: and you that's start really start
1: drawing like this, but eventually you'll draw like something you know, something different.
0: So. And that's really what it's about. You know, like you start off with a basic structure, and then you create your own identity. It's like when you're a kid, yeah. uh, growing up, trying when you're growing up drawing, and you're drawing that that awesome. Um, the piece of comic book art that worked on that cover that you found. I know you and I have talked about that before, and there was a, and di- you did that yourself. What, I think it was.
1: Classic X Men number one. Yeah, um, Classic X Men number one. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought, That got me, in, at least, in, at least reading and interested in the comics. Uh, it, got, it got me, got me interested enough to draw it, and then it got me interested enough to read the issue. And then, uh, that kind of got me, uh, interested in the, in, in the stories and the characters, so I was able to, uh, um, Start, you know, start like decide that this is what I wanted to do. I got it. I got interested enough in like the first month of reading comics that I knew that's what I wanted to do.
0: So <laughs> Talk so about a book!
1: It, it, it was kind of funny because it was like I, I wasn't, I wasn't a very good reader. I didn't like to read. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do for a living. Something we wanted to do something with art. So that was kind of perfect. <laughs> I could draw for a living and uh, read these, story, these stories of characters that I liked. So that uh, was kind of fun.
0: And talk about the comic to start with in terms of artists, because I remember, because for those who don't know Classic X-Men, they were reprints of the early issues of uh, Chris Claremont's X-Men run um, back oh. through the 70s and the 80s, and of course... Uh, so I got, I got in a little late. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the Cockrum stuff. Uh,
1: it's a little thick. Not enough detail. I like a lot of detail in the work. But uh, after him, John Byrne showed up, uh, I really liked his stuff, because he was he, not as much. That's not, not a ton of detail, but you did have enough. Uh, it exists in really cool things. I really like this Colossus. It's like one of the what, like a, If you draw a good Colossus, you probably are you know an artist that I like to look at. So like Syresham does a really good one. Art Adams does a great one. Jim does a really great one. Uh, Wolf does a really great one. I,
0: uh, I really like um,
1: the so. It's, it's 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 like it's like one of those characters that if you get classes really cool. Like I didn't like Cockham's classes because he was, he didn't look shiny. And I know he's one of the greatest character, but he just never looked shiny He, he looks kind of like and maybe that's what he was going for, more like a dull metal, I like an iron kind of thing. But I really like the shiny. Yeah.
0: I really like Larocca's back in like the late nineties, early two thousands X Men. But that's kind of cheating because when you're covered by liquid, but by because when liquid does your yeah. colors, everything's gonna look shiny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's the
1: king of the shiny.
0: Yep. But um, I will say this. One of my fi- one of my most underrated X-Men artists is Paul Smith. And I think oh, it's... I love Paul
1: Smith. Yeah, I like his stuff a lot.
0: Dude, Paul Smith is oh. awesome. And so he... I read
1: him basically once Classic X-Men. I, was, I started reading from Classic X-Men up to what I stopped reading Classic X-Men when I got to the issues of the X-Men that I actually had. So, so I went back and started collecting backwards. So I went back and I had some of the John Burr run, the uh, Paul Smith run, John Medina run, so once they kind of got up to, you uh, know, once they hit, hit John Byrne, I think the, the first John Byrne one that I had was the Wendigo
0: one. I think one of yeah, the best I things... I, to, I, say, the the
1: I think yep. that's the one that's like, welcome to X-Men, Kitty you hope you survived the
0: experience? For me, like, one of the best, um for me, like, one of the best things about classic X-Men was getting the John Bolton uh, backup stories.
1: Yes, that was what those were really cool to see, too.
0: And then you yeah. had, like, Kyle Baker, and you had... Uh all these fantastic artists who worked on those and the funny thing is I didn't realize Kyle Baker worked on it until later and <laughs> like looking back at it it's like holy crap yeah I was seeing his artwork like way way before um way, way before Saturn or plastic man and um this may have been like right at the same time that he did why I hate Saturn <laughs> but uh, um I don't know'm i got not sure when those
1: when those were in there so
0: but I'm just glad that we finally got a, that we finally got an omnibus that collects all of those backup stories.
1: Oh, there is one. I, yeah, I, I, they don't really collect anymore. So I
0: mean, that one's worth picking yeah. up because they collect every single backup story from classic X-Men on to one oversized hardcover, and they even give <laughs> like context between each one to give people who are reading for the first time like an idea of where that fell into the timeline with the yeah. X-Men stories.
1: Uh, I number the jump one's definitely one because I really liked. It was, it was a drastically different style than the styles I was like I liked at the time, but it, it, I just thought like, it, it was really beautifully drawn.
0: I remember so, there was the one that him and Docenti did, where it was um the Black King, and where it's Jason Wingard and Emma Frost, and they were doing like the game of chess in their minds, and they had yeah, like this yeah, really yeah. cool black and white contrast in the artwork, and it was like no, nothing I'd ever seen before.
1: Uh, no, there's some. I, there there's, there's an issue of like movies. I don't know who drew it, but it's of the, uh, the Hellions, and they're like they crash their plane or something with like these magma. And uh, I don't remember his name. Is, it's like it's an empath.
0: It empath, yeah. Empath, that oh, was such a great Okay, well, there was a thing. Yeah, and I was like, it was just I just
1: loved. that. it was like drastically different than any the arc that I really liked at the time. But it was so beautifully drawn that I was I like, constantly looked at that issue. And I was like wondering, should I switch up to this? This and
0: uh, they didn't. I didn't. I gotta say, but though... I, I just
1: remember how cool it
0: was, so... Going back and rereading those, because I've got all the all the X-Men oversized hardcovers that have done the Omnis, and they collect mm. pretty much all... by all of... almost all of Louis Simonson's run of New Mutants, and I remember like people saying, oh, that one's not as good as Claremont, and I'm going back and reading it now, and I'm like, no, this oh, is I'm really damn good. i Louis
1: Simonson's, stuff. She's great.
0: Dude, Lou Simonson was just awesome. I've actually been trying to get her on the show just so we can talk about Man of Steel because of Not all really. the stuff she did for Superman.
1: Yeah. no, no I don't like know. I would love to do some work with her. Just like, oh, something. Like I can find out. DC did a thing and she wrote a thing. It's like, oh, come on, guys. You need to contact me with her. <laughs> Whenever she's working.
0: It's like Wheezy. Brett wants to work she's, with you. She's
1: one. of No, her X-Factor stuff is awesome. I read her new meeting stuff, too. I read some of
0: her, uh, Superman, stuff, you know, that wasn't a big Superman fan at the time. The, go back Six. if you haven't, if you, if you haven't read it in a long time, or if you haven't read it, go back and read Steel, um, the spinoff that they did, uh, with with John Henry Irons. Like that book holds up so well. Like, because the thing I love about it, and is that the fact that they she took her Man of Steel book and just directly continued off it. There was no. <laughs> We're gonna reintroduce you. It's like, no, here's the book. It follows the series. Keep reading if you want to read his story. And it's like yeah. that's how you do a spinoff book. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah no,
1: no, no, she's one of my favorites. I said you said it I got to work with Pennermont, but I, I don't remember that much. <laughs> I with Alan Davis. I remember that more. You weren't sure X-Men. X-Men ninety-nine. That's one of those
0: damn characters that the one Alan Davis from. <laughs> Dude, that, that like parts of the twelve are kind of tough to sit through, but like it was one of those ones where when it was on, it was really on. And yeah. um I actually recently collected recently collected the uh, hardcovers, that like, complete. I collect all of your work that you did with Davis and with Claremont, and um mm. he was like, and "Yeah, I, I don't remember a lot of that stuff. I mean, it
1: was, it was like so it was coming in." Because uh, I was doing the the unlimited book, and the first issue or two was was fine, and then after that they decided to incorporate it back into like it, it was like four X Men books, so normally or something like that, and then every three months there was another X Men book, the unlimited one, and they were late, so I had like three weeks to draw twenty eight pages, and I was like, oh, in fast, but I was like, I, I, that was even too much for me, and then I wound up hurting my back. Uh, Inker lost one of the pages. Oh my god. Uh, on 26, and it was on with the, 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 crap. Was it Deathbird and Elondro? Lil'Elondra, I can't remember. Yeah, the uh, they, they were fighting or something. I know Deathbird was on. Because she was a pain in the ass to draw, and I was the one page lost, and I didn't want to, like, have to go. This is like before blue lines were a thing. Um, cause I already had the damn thing scanned. I couldn't have just had the damn blue line and set up the the highlights the blue line. But I, so I basically, um, printed it out here, and then redrew it, traced it, and redrew it. So, like, I sent it back to him, so it could be ink so it would look nice, and it just destroyed my back, like, oh, for once, like, three months, my back was,
0: like, I, I, I was in, like, intense pain for, like, a month and a half, and then I, it took me, like, two or two months after that to kind of get back to normal. See, and it's one of those just, things that people don't think about, you know, because you don't think about the idea of having an injury like that when you're drawing, but it's like if you're if you're kind of art table and you're crouched over it and you're doing that kind of work, eventually well, you that
1: could. That I, I don't have like a, and I still don't have one. A light table. I don't have anything like that. So I took an aquarium and I put a light in it, so I could trace. So I could just draw on that. Because the other, the other option was drawing on the window, and uh, I'm pretty simple. Simple when it comes to art supplies, I got like five things. I got like a triangle, a couple circle templates, uh, three pencils, and an eraser. I'm good. <laughs> i don't have any of i don't use the fancy stuff
0: so i got so. i gotta ask you speaking of x-men i know a couple a couple i think like last year i was just searching for x-men stuff online particularly x-men stuff from the 90s and i saw a couple of like t- group pin-ups that you had done Uh yeah. one was a um uh one was a pose that one was one with the uh, villain specifically from like the inferno era and it kind of reminded me of a it kind of reminded me of the um uh, one of the old wildcore covers you had done. And I thought it was really, really cool. I dug it. And then the other was a group shot that you did of the nineties Jim Lee, Dell era, X, Jim Lee, Claremont era, X Men. Yeah. And um so I was like, Where did these come from? Why isn't he working on this comic book? And I need more of these. And um, so how did how did the how did you end up doing those? Was this like commission? What was it this um, was, what was this for? Like well,
1: before the Patreon stuff I used to do. Because I had a heavy, pretty heavy, heavy workload, uh, and it didn't do many shows, because I don't want to just fly at all. Yeah. Doing the shows is fine. I just don't like flying. And, and because of where
2: I live, it's like a pain in the ass to get to the East Coast. It's like eight
1: hours of flying and stuff. And I'm just, I think I'm losing like an entire day flying, and there and back. So it's like two days gone. So I would draw uh, basically just whatever the hell I was on during the week. And then on Saturdays, i post it, and do commissions, and just all goodbye. Um, so, some, for some of those when I wasn't working on anything. I had like some more free time. I would just do like a bigger pieces, with more characters. I just charge more. I did it on how long it took me to draw it. So, if it took me like like two hours to draw, I charge two hundred dollars. you know, seven hours to draw, I draw seven seven hundred dollars. Um, and so, I I did like one. Or I did one of those, and so and it like sold like in like seconds. So every now and then I just start doing more with these bigger pieces, and uh, especially the X Men stuff. So I said I'm a huge X Factor fan, so I would draw like, the X Factor team, and that was like seconds too. So I would just start drawing more of those.
0: <laughs> my my so, favorite of them I have I will say is definitely your the uh, Outback X-Men one that you did, and the thing I liked <laughs> about it is because I love the Outbacker. The Outbacker is underrated. And, you know, and that's when I was reading reading all that stuff. So those like the X Factor.
1: The, the 90s, X-Men, the ones from the 80s, like, so that my first team was the pre-Outback, before, uh, what was that called? Fall of, was it Fall of the Mutants?
0: It was Fall of the, of the Mutants, and they walked through the, um, two yeah.
1: yeah, so, that was my, that was my team. It was, like, Dazzler, Rude, Psylocke, Colossus, Wolverine, Storm, Lungshot.
0: The thing I liked, Tabic, like...
1: Tabic, Tabic, uh, uh, that, that's, that's my main team. That's, like, the one that I remember the most, so.
0: The thing I really like, like, looking at this, because I've actually got it right in front of me while we're talking, is the very, just the very distinctive faces. Like, nobody looks the same. Everyone has very different features. And a lot of comic artists, unfortunately, you tend to run into, like, the same face. You know, where everyone has, like, a different, the same face with interchangeable hair. No, I mean, I've done that. I've done that before, too. Uh, it's, It's
1: basically, when, I, for me, it's easier if I know something about the character I'm like invested in them a little bit, cuz like that one, everybody can put like a bit of their personality in the drawings. When I was drawing Titans, uh, since I knew all the characters really well, so I have pre- previously worked on a lot of them work, and i worked on Donna several times, and I've worked on Wally before, right. just for myself. So I knew Wally, and I worked on Nightwing, and uh, I worked on Mr. Roy a few times. So I knew that I, after the first issue or so, I got like a whole personalities for the character. So this, this character was stand this way, and that character was standing this other way. And uh so that way, you get their personality was showing through, even when it was just kind of like a far away shot, just the way that they were holding themselves. Yeah. And uh so that's kind of so if I know the characters, it's way easier for me to do stuff like that.
0: <laughs> now we've got to talk about that because I know that you're a big fan of Flash, and of course yep. you you've done your rec- you've you've worked on Flash recently for the last couple of years. You worked on Titans with uh Dan Net during Rebirth. Yeah. And I've got to talk about that because. That's for, for me looking at that. And I know for, um, for, for Dan, he had actually said, said during our show that in many ways he actually liked working on Aquaman a little bit more simply because the fact that it wasn't directly tied into the rebirth event as much. So he had a little bit more kind of freedom to kind of tell a story. Yeah. But, um, looking at Titans, I've got to get your perspective because you've got, not only do you have, are you drawing a book of the character you love, but you're drawing a book that legit ties directly into the rebirth event. What's that like yeah. as an artist?
1: Um, yeah. it's, it, it it was because it's I it, it's a team book, so for me it just it took it's, it's like more effort. So it would take like eleven hours to draw a page of that. Uh, I was like working real late, so I, I didn't really think about that as much as just uh, because they didn't they wouldn't let us do certain things. So there's uh the original issue one. I finished the issue zero. I start I finished issue one. And then they decided that this is this is, this is the, the horror story. They decided that um, they split up the team to kind of do some character stuff. They didn't want. They decided they didn't want the team split up, so they axed eleven pages out of that and had to like redraw eleven pages. And um, a book that was hard. So we lost like two or three weeks on the deadline, and then they like moved the deadline up so the change where the book shipped. So they moved it up two weeks, we lost like five weeks of lead time, and it's kind of made it a, a kind of nightmare <laughs> to work on. Um, but like issue uh, six, there's they acts like two, two or three pages out of that as well. Um, the first page was uh, a bunch of the like, Watchmen uh, watch clock watch, watch stuff. Um, and then like the last page was actually show Dr. Van go Oh, wow. It's not a big shot of him, but just
2: kind of like his hand and like a figure in the background, but you know, you saw it. So, so yeah, um, six that we
1: had, we draw two, two pages, two, two pages, I can't remember what it was. One of those was, uh, there's a nine panel grid, uh, of the Titans, and they were like the puppets that I drew on the second cover of those marionettes. I love and that cover. You saw, and then you saw, which is a takeoff from an old flash cover. Yeah. So, uh, but you like to see, like, Doctor Manhattan's hand and stuff, so it was, like, it was, you, no doubt what was, who, who or what was going on, but I think that they were still trying to make it a little ambiguous at the time. But yeah, so there's a page that was axed that actually has Doctor Manhattan
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta ask, like, you need to draw a character like that in a published comic book, even if it's something that was axed. How, what's the, what's that like, man? Because this is a character, this is...
1: Oh, I'm not a huge Watchmen fan, so that wasn't that big a deal to me, ah, right, like, Worse, it's way more like stressful.
2: Yeah. Um, now it's not it's not it's not that big a deal. And actually, uh, the free comic book day thing.
1: Uh, they actually that was that was the last book they had to deal Read before they they got rid of it on DC. Yeah. I... So so they actually uh,
2: cut six pages out of that of that of what I had drawn. So there's this really nice
1: spread of Wonder Woman that I was like, super proud of. Uh, that they that they wound up cutting because I guess it doesn't fit with what they decided to make changes to later. Uh, and I had a Batman page and a Superman page. Don't Don't forget Batman. I actually had I think Azrael was on that one, and oh, then that Superman one cool. with uh, what was it? There was like an, an, an old Superman story where it was like a bunch of little tiny little toy Supermans, and they like blow off his costume, and then uh, Lois should you figure out and find out that Clark is Superman? They blow off his 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 Clark Kent outfit, his shirt shirt tie, and he has Superman outfit underneath. That's where Lois and Jimmy find out he's Superman. That's what you know. it, was, it was fun to draw all these little things for him. <laughs> But just, Yeah, drawing—it's like it's because it's like the Watchman wasn't that big a deal to me. Yeah, you know? but like drawing the I can't uh, the iconic like Superman was getting that right initially, figuring out Batman and the things that I wanted. And there's some things I want to do with Batman, but I haven't actually had the opportunity to. I've never had like a really cool double page spread of just Batman like a Gargoyle or something. I can do what I wanted to do. Usually it's like, oh, I have like I have limited space, so I can't do what I want to do with the cave, and then it's off to other city, so I have to act some of the cave stuff, because I wanted to kind of go a little crazy with the cape, but maybe one day.
0: <laughs> I remember we had um Carlos DeAnda on the show a long time ago, and he talked about how the first thing that he drew, he was 19, and it was an issue of Wildcats with um Alan Moore, and I'm <clears> like, I'm pretty sure I would have had a panic attack. Like, I would have been excited to draw it, but at the same time, I think I would have had a panic attack when I was 19 years old, and that was the first <laughs> assignment I got.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, working with Scott was kind of fun, but he took over the X-Men right when I was, like, kind of stopped reading it. So I kind of followed Jim to the, to the, uh, to the image stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: So
1: I, mean, I read, read some of Scott's stuff, but not, like, super familiar. But, but like, I always wanted to work more with, with Chris Claremont. Uh, at least on, you know, like, directly, because the, uh, have like one issue. I think, or one or one or two issues of, of unlimited reprints.
0: Um, and I know I think you
1: Scottie got a script, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> well,
0: because I also remember, like, I've been rereading the the revolution run by Claremont, and you actually, if I remember, you actually also had a fill-in issue during that run as well. Uh, when, yeah, when but just that Alan was Al Davis. On not that
1: Alan Davis? I think you oh, do. No, oh wait, there was another one. that I, was, I had actually left Marvel. I was going to go draw back to to Wildstorm because I, like, uh, I was like, I, I, I wasn't getting paid. It's like not that they didn't have the money. It's just like it's like editorial. My paychecks were screwed up. So there'd be like three or four weeks between checks. I'm supposed to be getting paid like every two weeks. And I just kind of got fed up with it. So I think Mark, Mark Powers uh, contacted me because he's like, Hey, can you draw? Because I only drew like part of an issue. Because I was already leaving. But, yeah, I'm not drawing. I'm not working with you guys anymore right now. I'm doing this other thing. Oh, well, but I like, need someone to draw, like, part of this issue. Can you at least draw, like, half of it or something like that? And I, was like, I think that that that's, might be the one. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll draw this half. This one.
0: And yeah, that was it, because I, I remember... I think,
1: that's, that, I think that, that might be it.
0: Yeah, because you drew I, half I, of your team. I thought the one
1: with Alan Davis was the one where no one had any power. I think that was X-Men 99. Yeah. And I think Rogue
0: had a suit in that one. Because that was... He, he did the... And he so kind so of kicked off the whole... Like search search for Cyclops story during that era, like that, like right there with the whole apocalypse Cyclops thing. It's been
1: so much yeah,
2: over the fall. I know like,
1: there's an axe page of one of the issues that I drew with, with Cyclops's uh, apocalypse. Yeah, Where I designed this costume and stuff like that. That no. was killed. was they kept, they kept, they, kept, they got rid of it. They axe that one.
0: They need to stop doing that. I've no, I noticed this trend in this interview. Yeah.
1: But, we're so doing that now we're changing this. Uh. <laughs> The only was able to like for 25.
0: So, coming back to, um, coming back to Teen Titans, cause you had worked on Teen Titans previously with New, in the New 52 era, and then yeah. you came out of Titans, and that was with De- Love Dell, and then you came out of the Titans with, uh, Abnett during the Rebirth era. Um, as an artist, cause I know a lot of times, based off the story, based off the tone, it is kind of, it is a different experience drawing it. Like, a lot of people don't think about that when they look at comic artwork, like the experience that, from the script, from the environment. What were, what was the difference between the work that you did and everything around it with that New Fifty Two run compared to the uh, Admet run? Why, for you, didn't and get along at first, so we fought.
2: So I, I didn't even talk to each other for like the first three or four issues. I Wait. turned in uh we turned in a double page spread in Titans
1: One, and uh, I put like a ton of crap on the double page spread, and Scott got all mad because he only wanted like four things on it. Yeah, they finally got yeah it's this huge double page spread and. I didn't want to, like, leave this blank area. And, uh, he got mad. The editor basically like Scott, stop it. it was Bobby Chase. She's, she's not Scott for years. And, uh, so Scott and I, want wound up, you know, arguing with each other on, in, in emails, and then I basically just stopped talking to him. <laughs> I was like, this is just ridiculous. And then, uh, I was like, I'll just draw the scripts. And I got, uh, issue three, and issue four scripts came in. And I was like, Nothing's going on, they're still not in their costumes And uh so Bobby's we like, Yeah could, so we kind of we did the, the plot so that we could have more costume time. Yeah. And uh
2: that kinda then Scott started talking to me again, I started talking again after that.
1: And uh, it was it's kinda of funny because early uh clock Harris so was like you guys sound like Byrne and Claremont, please stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, like it's, just don't want, <laughs> it's like we don't It's like we well, don't want the divorce to be messy, come on guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, so you
2: know,
1: issue 5 came in, Things started clicking with issue 5, uh, we, don't, we don't think we were like clicking as much at the first the beginning of that, so we started clicking with issue 5, and then uh, issue 6 came, 7 came along, and they decided they wanted me to do this annual thing. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to mess up the, the momentum, but they really wanted me to do this annual for this crossover, because you know, I guess some of the other books weren't doing well, uh, and so they wanted to try to... We'll do a crossover. We're trying to boost the sales of the other books. And it didn't work. I think uh, most of the ones were canceled. Um,
0: was that the Culling? The Culling. That's it. Yeah. yeah that was. I, I'm okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth. That was a rough read. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want. I, I was like, okay, I didn't want to do it. I and then okay, fine. And then I, right, I'm ready to start. Like, okay, but so we want you to write everybody in this damn Tron costume that you hate Tron so much. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh. I, was like, I, didn't, I didn't want to draw, cause it's, a, it's kind of boring, you, you draw the figure and then so you draw a couple lines and then it's, it's just an X. You know, you can fill it in if you want to, but you don't need like to. I saw the black areas and it just didn't work. It just, it just wasn't fun to draw. So,
0: and the thing is you don't get a chance to add in a lot of detail because with the Tron costumes, a lot of it yeah, is going it to incur in the colorist. It
1: yeah, it wasn't that, that fun. Did manage to finish that, and uh, they brought, I went back on the Titans for a while. But at that point, I was kind of just tired, exhausted. Because uh, they give me a huge, big, had a short deadline for the, for the annual thing. So they gave me like a couple of issues, which were like, "Oh, it's only 15 pages," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's great." And stuff kind of came in a little late, so I was still kind of rushing a little bit on it. Um, but I, I think that we just kind of this is like. For a while, and then if you do something a little different, it kind of don't quite click quite quite right after that. Yeah, and uh, and it just it just didn't quite work. I all, I didn't think. Um, so I went did Nightwing for a little bit and uh, some Justice League America, and uh, actually went the Superman issue with Scott, which actually we did click on. So it just kind of depends on the issue, kind of what we're talking about, um, and then. Uh, we went back and we did the, the, the speed buggy thing, which I think Because the funny thing is Scott had only read, I think I only read the first twelve issues of Wally Wally's run way back in the eighties. He's like, I don't know anything about the character.
0: Oh, back so, when <laughs> W Bar was doing it or Mike Bar was doing
1: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we kind of, again, kind of gave him uh, some ideas, sent him, some, him some, some issues and stuff like that that I had downloaded uh, from sent him some pages so we could read some of that stuff. And, uh, like so oh okay and then he, yeah, he just kept asking questions and asking me questions and he called me all the time asked me questions and uh, so I just you know just gave him the information and I managed to turn him that kind of really did a really interesting thing with speed buggy <laughs> I thought it was kind of fun I wasn't sure that we were going to allow him to do that but I guess they didn't seem to have a problem with it and that was kind of a cool interesting thing I would actually love to do more of it go <laughs> back and do some more speed buggy stuff I think he was kind of Hoping maybe that they would let us do, like, either a speed buggy series or, like, a flash,
0: more flash speed buggy stuff. Yeah, because I really have liked the, um, the Hanna Rivera DC series that have been coming out. I love, uh, Scooby Apocalypse, I'm just a big, a big fan of Keith and JM, De Mateus, which I know yeah. you're a big fan of. theirs, just based off the, they're oh, just yeah, League the one just like international. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. I was hoping to work with them on something, but that's nothing in the cards right now. We'll see.
0: It's too Let's bad that series see. wrapped up because I would have loved to have seen you d- at least do some covers for the Scooby Apocalypse because they had so many cool artists on there. Yeah. but um, yeah, yeah but with that because we we're because um, now you, with that with that with, it definitely sounded like it was a little bit rough working on Teen Titans at first, to put it lightly. Now working with um Abnet on Titans during the Rebirth era, I know you said one of the big problems was that there were just pages of your work that you had to completely redo because of changes in directions um but between the two but between the two of them as an artist um how would you compare it how would you compare the what you did with rebirth to what you were doing during that new new 52 era uh
1: rebirth it kind of left me alone um design wise i, I was it was a use except for nightwing and even nightwing i would actually pull some of my old nightwing design in on him and they kind of let me do it and they just kind of let me do the art so i it was all, kind of like all me, the designs are all me, everything's me on it. Um, the New 52 stuff, there was a, like, Jim did some of the designs, and Kelly uh, uh, Hammer just did some stuff, and it was a little more difficult because it was like, it was working with stuff that I wasn't quite happy with. Yeah, Because uh, it just was like, not exactly what I would do with certain, certain things, like I hated Red Robin's wings.
0: See, I actually liked it, but it didn't make any
1: sense. Yeah, I tried to make it make sense. Uh, it Scott's big idea to have, get rid of the cape, was us put some wings on him, and uh, oh, jeez. So, I mean, Ron Robbins designed his mind, but I turned, They did the basic design, and they're like, oh, that's great, that's great. And then, he originally had the cowl, the full cowl, and they're like, oh, get rid of the cowl, we want to see his hair, because it makes him look out there. I was like, okay. And then, uh, like Scott's like, be, they're doing a big pitch thing tomorrow with everybody in-house, wouldn't it be cool if we had some art for it?" So, I was like, yeah, so I drew up a whole, uh, the, and that's what they get, kind of used for, like, the ad and stuff like that. It was just, like, it was a quick thing that I drew with the first time I draw some, trying to draw some of the characters. Uh, it's before Full Super Boy even had a costume. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't think Cassie's costume, uh, Girl's costume was fully, uh, done at that point either. I think they were still working on that one. So, I, did, I remember turning it in and Jim it emails, Jim emails us and say, oh man, I really like that. It was great. Uh, she was kind of thinking, the different, they wanted something different, they didn't want the same stuff, because, you know, I get what they wanted to do, and I get, you know, because they want to try to go in a different direction. Um, but DC fans aren't the same as Marvel fans. Yeah. And DC fans don't like a lot of change, so I think it was too drastic of changes for the DC fans, because the original, when we were originally going to take, take it over, it was just supposed to be like issue 101. It wasn't like a big, giant, um, reboot thing. And, uh, so it was, it was the other team, was the, that was on in there beforehand. Um, and I, I, I was actually more happy with that. It's going to turn in a really cool plot story for that kind of thing. I really like that idea and I really wanted to go to that one. But no one else did. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, the wings, I so Jim sends me this email and I was like, I hate the wings, I really want to change it. He says, no, no, I love them, I love people. And I was like, but I don't like the wings, so here I am drawing these wings that I don't like for 12 issues. And, uh, 'Cause uh, there are two ones, I know there's I I didn't think think to the Falcon at the time because everyone like, well, took like the Falcon I was like, I was using the Vulture, but okay. <laughs> that was one one of my inspiration for, it was for the Vulture. And uh but I like I wanted to actually give him some uh well like kinda kinda hawkman wings.
0: My um my fa- my favorite moment um uh, like looking my favorite moment is still but um yeah like I remember one of the big things for me because it kind of threw me off when I saw the Superboy tattoo, but I love when, in a future issue, you guys kind of take it, have someone take a dig at him, and say, "Yeah, you're kind of obsessed with Superman. You got the tattoo and everything." And that was one of my favorite parts of the comic. Yeah, I think um, the
1: reason why I think we threw that on there, or exactly why we threw that on there, I think it might have been because so we, you would know it was Superboy. Because I don't, I'm not sure if you knew that's who it was in that initial drawing. We just kind of threw it on there. Yeah. Back uh, I, think someone, I think someone suggested that it was, uh some, someone suggested that we put a tattoo on it super the symbols Simple, so that we knew it was, that we, and I think someone else suggested that we make it a barcode. I can't remember, it was almost 10, year, oh, 10 years ago, about 10 years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we made up a little thing, and then I just kind of drew it, and just stuck it on his arm <laughs> really yeah. quick i think that was not uh i think there was an additional thing from the original art that i had drawn for it my last second thing it was kind of funny because i think they used that in the television show
0: too my favorite thing for me is still um first my favorite design for superboy is still the even though it's the most basic design was like the connor can era from um mike Mc, from like mike mccone where it was like the simplest thing it's like they literally put him in a t-shirt and jeans and it's weird, because they tried to do that with action comics with Superman, and it did not work at all, but somehow it worked with Superboy. And I always thought that was they, really interesting.
1: That's one of those attitude things. Like, Clark's kind of, because he's kind of a voice scout. he's a good guy. So, it's, I mean, it's fine if he's wearing that, you know, helping someone move, but being Superman with that, it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like almost a rejection of Superman yeah and, and uh so that why that's why it works for connor because he's like oh well, i don't necessarily if I want to be superman if, just a clone different any person is yeah i, I, I things I, I i have never got to draw that I, I still haven't kind of so what i still like to do is the, the superboy from like the, the 90s 80s,
0: oh the 80s, uh 90s. don't call me superboy and the metropolis King. yeah for, for
1: some reason i wanna draw that one and like the, the blue lightning the blue and red lightning superman well, that I didn't get the draw. Like, I draw a ton of crap in the comic book day stuff. And, uh, I just couldn't fit that kind of stuff in. There's, there's a couple of, dope, there's like one or two delfish resin there. It just like took me like a week to draw. There's so much stuff on them. Um, but I was able to finally get the draw Captain Adam. I'm just happy.
0: So, Captain Adam's just got a cool design. Like, and, um, it's always felt, his look has always felt very modern. Like, and going back where, we were, we, a couple of years ago, uh, my girlfriend is, had never seen any other Bruce Timber stuff and we for some reason I was like let's start with Justice League like that, I don't know why I didn't start with the other ones but like going back and rewatching that way I'm like holy crap this show is amazing and like his design they translate like every design they just translate it so well and I love the fact that Captain Adam has that modern look because it creates such a contrast to all the classic era superheroes around him
1: yeah no, I'm- uh, I I read the Captain Adam series when it came back out of the eighties I was one of the guys wasn't I like, never I was never just d big D C fan when I was getting in the comics. So I read like actually I read Wonder Woman I read Captain Adam and Justice League International, which, like the ones that I read and then Superman I uh burn the last yeah. Um so but yeah the like, Captain Adam I have Roger one you know, for some reason just I really just like this design, and I would love to do. I have a Captain Atom story that
0: I would love to do. But alas, uh, but um, we gotta mention this movie. You talked about working with Scott earlier. You talked about you talked about when you worked with him on Flash, which fun fast Four, which apparently he doesn't remember. Uh, we talked about um, your guys, uh, burn, burn, Claremont fights on um, Teen Titans, but now apparently you guys have an Instagram comic coming called A Hero Forged, and um, one of the first online comics I saw. Was, I think it was called Space Girl, and it was by Travis Charest. And it took forever to come out, but his artwork is like—he's that kind of art, artist where you're like, "I'm fine with yeah. this. I'm fine with this. Take it forever." So, but I don't—you don't see a lot of online comic books like this, especially on social media. Um, what's this about?
1: Uh, I don't know much. Um, it's based on an old design that we had done, and uh, I changed it up a bit for this. The story is just, I'm learning it. I'm getting the story as he turns it into it, So I don't know what it's about. I'm, I'm just drawing what cause he sent me these little tiny laughs If you look at his, 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 like, his little X-Men thing that he's doing, Yeah, um, uh, it's basically a buffer version of those that he sends me of the pages of the panels, and then I just basically interpret those in my own style and stuff like that. Uh, blow it up big, so I then change, I do those designs and stuff, so it's, it's basically big figures <laughs> that he sends me. Um, so I don't actually know what the story is. And I've drawn four of them. So as far as so it's the second one's been done for, like, for like, like a month now. I don't know why it's not up.
0: Um, You're just calling him like Scott. Think, hurry he's up. He's
1: busy with all his Hollywood stuff for his ball and chain.
0: That, I gotta say, that is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I, I just did a cover. Uh, they're just a reprinting the first one. He's reprinting the first one, so I just did a cover
0: for that. It is one of those books that I remember, because I'm friends with him and Ali on Facebook. And when Ali Garza first came out with it, I'm like, wait, what? Ball and Chain? Because I hadn't heard of, I hadn't even thought of that comic in so long. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? It's getting a Netflix movie? Okay. Cool. Yeah, no, he,
1: told me, he told me the story and it calls about it because apparently a bunch of places were interested at the same time. So they kept getting offers. <laughs> like, they got like five offers on it and they kept getting bigger and bigger. Next, next, Netflix was the biggest one.
0: I think the moment they say, We got The Rock, that's the moment you're like, okay, cool, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: was like, oh, the rocks
0: in it. Because the rock could yeah, sell I'm
1: anything, man. Yeah, I, I love the rock, so I, I've never seen them do a bad performance, in it, even like uh, the Rampage movie, which isn't a great movie, but it's still like a fun, fun movie, movie. So I'm actually looking forward to the Jungle, the Jungle Cruise movie. I, I love h- the Jumanji ones, so.
0: I just really hope he eventually gets to play Black Adam, because like visually, they're that- supposed to start shooting that soon. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would be cool. Because if that doesn't happen, that's a waste. Because I'm like, yeah. you couldn't... Outside of, like, Arnold Vosloo, you could not find someone who looks more like that character. And Arnold Vosloo hasn't aged, man. He looks the same as he did back when he made the mummy, which is weird. <laughs> uh, one of those guys. There's, there's
2: certain people, they just, they just don't age until they, until, until they get, like, seven years old, and then uh, all of a sudden, in, like,
1: five years, they turn, like, they age, like, 30 years.
0: My, um... I love what my I love what my friend Sandra said because she's um, Chinese Vietnamese, and she said I'm waiting for that point. I'm dreading that point where I turn 70 and then I just become a giant wrinkle. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's more gradual for me. So yeah, getting old. I got this big crease in my head, my forehead now. It's kind of a big scowl line. Oh, cool! It almost looks like a big scar. It's like what? What's that? What you uh, Ed Harris? When his when his forehead is so muscular that it has new muscles and bones, and it's like, <laughs> what the hell is this?
1: Yeah, no, it happens to everybody, unfortunately.
0: Yep. But for him, like Ed Harris has always had that. I think that dude, I think that dude was just in such good shape that he has like no fat in his forehead at all. So he's just got extra muscles in his head. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but good for you, Ed Harris.
1: A lot of nuts. He eats a lot of nuts.
0: Yep. So. He
1: he worked those muscles out. You have those muscles on the side of your head. <laughs> right. These are mastication muscles that go up. Yep. That's what that hole in your skull is for.
0: Well, yeah, Brett Booth said so.
1: I have some anatomy for
0: you. <laughs> if you learn anything from this episode, learn that if you eat a lot of nuts, you'll get skull. You'll get skull muscles.
1: There was a, a, a species of uh, early hominid called Panther Nutcracker um, Man. And has this big ridge on top of its head for these huge muscles that go through. But the brain in the case is really tiny because it needs all, it's just not enough room for the brain and the muscles.
0: The hell?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the reasons why humans became uh, smarter is because they could, started cooking their food. So they didn't have to chew as hard, so they didn't make the big muscles. So the brain could expand and grow.
0: That's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So... One the theories. I got to i g I gotta I gotta ask about this then before we um before we wrap up because one of the big things and because I had not seen any of your art in a while after um, Backlash and I started seeing some of your some of your paleo art, uh some of your dinosaur related art for those who don't know what that means. And um also I started seeing a lot of your anthropomorphic art. And Gosh. I'm not big into the whole furry thing at all. I mean everyone has their thing, it's so just not my thing. But when I saw well, you yeah, I, I didn't like, even know that was a
1: thing. Initially, because I was just basically doing, I have a big werewolf, I like werewolves and stuff like that, and uh, the Kindred. Yeah. And so I wasn't like, one of the things I didn't, wasn't happy with with the original Kindred series is the animal people. Because originally, uh, Kindred, series, when we were, we were talking to Jim about it, Sean and I pitched a spy story. <laughs> and they were like, that's cool, but how about this? You ever seen the Island of Dr. Moreau? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, animal people. And I'm like, what? So that's what, he, <laughs> what we wound up going with. And uh, so all the animal people were just kind of made up on the spot. There wasn't anything like really thought out. And uh, I did something a few years later, and I decided that you know, if I did, did a Kindred 2, that I would want to be at least a little more realistic. Uh, so uh, this a little, you know, based on more reality, more, more realistic, and, you know, not just like completely made up animals. Like this is a like, Go no guy, but I didn't an, use any go reference. Um, so I like use a lot of big like, cat reference and dinosaur whatever reference stuff I was uh, looking at um, this is to make them look a little more. But like like apparently that kind of hit with the furry community. So <laughs> I didn't really I didn't really know. Um, I, I just and back this, this last week, someone contacted me about I uh, did a Tasmanian Devil redesign when I first started with DC. I did a yeah. uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Starman, Kangaroo, one shot. And, uh, the Tasmanian Devil wasn't there, so I did what I usually do, which is, I get the, get the pictures of the animal, and I draw head, and then I, the, the body of the animal, and try to incorporate some of that into the posture of the figure. So that was, like, that's, that's a big hit with the, the pale the, the, the furry people. So, it's kind of funny, like, yeah, that's me. It's just, I just like drawing animals a lot. So <laughs> So, I was gonna... I had plans to do some animal people books and stuff like that eventually, depending on when I have time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was actually kind of surprised that they kind of were so, uh, you know, kind of interested in that kind of stuff. So it was just kind of something I wasn't planning, planning at all. Like the dinosaur stuff was something I was just kind of doing for fun. Uh, and I saw, okay, even though I Jurassic Park, I like, well, actually a wild storm once, you see that, the whole studio once.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Oh.
1: Um, the Wednesday was when. Like first came out, uh, and it was awesome, and we're all like in a dinosaur. So if you actually go back to that time period, like Jim drew dinosaur, is there's actually <laughs> some of his pictures. Those dinosaurs all the time because we were all excited about the dinosaurs. Um, but like they kind of got uninterested, and then again in like '99. That Walking with Dinosaurs came out. Uh, that was BBC, so cool, BBC thing, and yeah, it was like really kind of cool. Uh, that that really that rekindled my interest in dinosaurs, and so I started learning about them, uh, learning about their anatomy and all that other stuff. So and so now, you know, I don't really do much now because they, they both mostly prefer painting stuff. They don't like uh, uh, line drawings as much because then because of the computer now most people just paint stuff on the computers, and I got the computer to do that, but I just. Haven't had time to actually see that kind of stuff, so yeah, whatever. Uh, but I, they they're, they're, they're kind of like they're they're, they're they kind of art kind of goes in waves. So if you actually look at some of the like the Jurassic Park dinosaurs, that's those are actually based on designs from like the 80s. Yeah, mostly. So they're a little out of date even, even when they came out, just a little bit. You know, uh, but then like later on in the 90s, uh, later on. Oh, they, they didn't have lips. That was the big thing. So they have croc mouths. Great dog of crock mouths on the dinosaurs. And then ten years later, Oh, well, they might have had lips. Partial lips. Okay, so I started putting partial lips back on the dinosaur, which is what they did to us park. So it's, like it's kind of coming as a, a cyclical thing. And now it's like, Oh, now they have mouths like moto dragons. So they're completely lips. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to watch how it goes. And the dinosaurs were like thinner. And now they're kind of all fat, more like they were in the '50s. Which is another thing, kind of come around. Yeah, it's like, oh, like they like they like the chunky ones. And like, yeah, that's great, but you're using reference from zoo animals, and zoo animals are always fat
0: because they live in zoos.
1: They live in zoos. Look at the Komodo dragons in the wild. They're not fat. They're actually pretty thin. i um, but I'm trying to explain that because then they go, like, "Oh, you're the animals too skinny. I don't like your stuff." Well, uh, whatever. You just show the for fun anyways.
0: But like, I get paid. I'm cool. I Actually,
1: you don't get paid for that. They don't, you don't make much, much money doing that. So.
2: But you do have it's to not really, like, It's
1: not an avenue that I actually really think. I get paid a little bit here and there. Not, not, You can't live off of that. Most paleo artists actually have other jobs. It's almost like, you know, you start breaking into comics, you usually have another job before you actually yep. can actually make a living in comics. It's, it's kind of like that. I was like, well, I can make a living doing comics, and then occasionally doing paleo art for fun. I'll just do that. So, like, two my two loves, dinosaurs and comic books. And then eventually, I can do some dinosaurs and comic books. Have some story ideas and stuff.
0: Apparently, by so, like, breaking into comic books and trying to work for Filmation are the two jobs where you always have to have a day job because yeah. <laughs> there's a interview was it Bruce Tim did with Ke- on uh, with the on with Kevin Smith on the Batman and Batman. And he talked about how apparently Filmation paid him so poorly that he was still having to work at, I think it was either a pharmacist or a photo lab at Kmart, while being an animator for Filmation. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I know some of these, uh the the rates for comic artists, they went up briefly in the beginning of the 90s, and then they kind of stopped, and now they've actually gone back down. So, I mean, I know some people like... uh, Oh, I'm, I'm getting like paid like 185 for pencils and ink, and see or for Marvel or whatever it was, and I was like, oh um, that's like not even my starting rate there. Yeah. <laughs> Just for pencils, like that's not a good rate.
0: I think, um, and that's why I yeah. when
1: I first started, uh, base pencils were 75 dollars at Marvel. Oh wow! And then they went up. I think Jim was getting like 110 on the X Men, but you were getting massive royalty checks on the tail end of those things so and they, they did pay like gross but it like 11 months before you actually get to royalties so you had like work for almost a year before you started getting the, the good
0: stuff I think in a way that's why you hear so about so many, anim- about how many comic artists and I love, I love what someone said online they said you know that comic book artist that you love that you haven't seen anything by and, you're, and you don't know what he's doing well he's probably working the animation of video games yeah a lot of them do uh storyboarding. Look at, um, look at some of my Dan Norton or Joe Maddiera. I mean, yeah. Like, I love Joe Matt's artwork, and I wish he would draw more comic books, but I also wish he'd finish Battle Chasers and, well, um, you know what they say about uh, wishes in on one hand. He, I don't, I think he just went because
1: he was more interested in the video games, because, yeah. uh, he's probably one of those guys who actually made a decent amount, uh, made a really good
2: living doing the
0: comics. True. Cause, um, you look at, you look at X Men, cause you talked about, um, leaving right to Lee in and, Lee and Claremont, and I was actually going to say earlier that um, I love—I actually really love that era, even though they—even though it had its issues—and a lot of that came from that Joe Madureira artwork on X-Men, because it was so different from anything else coming out. Which is funny, because like you said, he started—he um, basically started his career by kind of aping Arthur Adams, and like yeah. you said about artists developing their
1: own He book. Actually, did like he finished like a couple pages from Arthur
0: Adams on like an X-Factor art. Um,
1: yes, I guess Art Adams was late and he finished a couple pages of that.
0: That's actually real cool. I didn't know that. I need to track that down.
1: Uh, it's just a that. But, um... Sounds like he was, like, he was like 16 at the time. I was like, 16? Dude, that... <laughs> like, son of a bitch! I think I was 19 at the time. <laughs> well,
0: well I working like... At
1: working at a comic book store right before I right got in.
0: Yeah, in Well, like, like we said about the, um, about... What about about Carlos doing that first comic book at Alan uh, Moore at nineteen, and it's like having me have me sitting here having a mini panic attack for him while I hear the story. Yeah, it's it's it is kind of like making us thrown to the wolves yep. right off the bat. So. But but what but what wolves get thrown to, man? I mean, it's like you know, like when you talk about the the small work that you've done with Claremont and with me. If I did that, I'd probably I'm like I'm gonna screw this up. I already can't draw. How do I get a job as an artist in the first place? Why does that check figure disproportionate? What's wrong with me? Yeah, well, it's, it's I don't know. There is a
1: confidence that, but it, sometimes it takes a while. Like, I didn't start getting real confident in the artwork. I mean, I I, I got like, a, like around uh, 2002 or something like uh, I just hit like a wall artistically and I just couldn't prove the way I wanted to and I got really frustrated so well. And I wasn't actually able to kind of get past that until, like, 2009, 2010. Uh, when I started working in DC, um, that's when everything kind of clicked for me. So, it's like everything before that, I like, I just kind of cringe. Even, like, even, like, even the early stuff, that I see still still so And, like, even stuff from, like, last year, I'll cringe at. Um, which is good, because to me, I mean, you're, you're not just improving as an artist. <laughs> I don't want to stop improving. I mean, know I mean, yeah, I'm getting up there, but, you know. It's uh, all downhill as you stop improving.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, the, the moment you're, um, uh, the moment you kind of buy into, buy into your own hype is the moment that you end up making a movie like, um, uh, The Happening, you know, like a nice phenomenon where, like, that, he, like, yeah, he's made a comeback since then, but after, when everyone's telling you you're the next Alfred Hitchcock or the next Spielberg, eventually yeah. that's going to get to your head. Oh, uh, I mean, we got a bunch of that when we were younger, too, so, I mean, we had it
1: right right off the bat, and then but I was never like uh, I was, was. I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. So <laughs> Jeff was the bride; I was the bridesmaid.
0: But you know what? He got, right?
1: he, got he got in uh, that Gen thirteen. He got really got really popular really fast. So. It must be nice. But I mean, I, I actually still really like drawing. I like drawing the pages and stuff. So I, I'm actually kind of happy that I get to actually work on. And I want to work on the interior stuff. I mean, that's what I like to do. I like to tell the stories. Pinups are cool, but I Kind of drawing well, after a while. So I like to do the pages.
0: Well, I think it's just in a way that, like, pin like trying to pin up. You know, we can we'll never say you can never say that drawing anything is easy. But yeah. from an artist's perspective, drawing a pinup is easier than having to put the, the extra effort into like things like perspective and the storytelling and the layouts. That's where the challenge comes from. Yeah. As an yeah. artist,
1: I mean, you know, it's I mean, depending on the cover, inner boarder, because uh, you have to perspective, but you can kind of. Simplify things, especially to make the character real big, and you don't have to draw like a little bit of. You know, um, as opposed to even drawing Superman and you're in an ultra spread, and he's flying, and there's like three point perspective looking down, and they're like, "Oh, son of a bitch, that's gonna take me like a week to draw." <laughs> but it's but it's satisfying when you're doing. You oh man, look at this huge old school building. And if you can get, you can get in the right headspace when you're doing it, you can actually have a lot of fun. That's why I like to do the crazy billboards. Yeah, pizza fish is from. It's from like I had to draw. It was one of the back pages from the Titans first issue was Wally and Tip uh, were getting pizza. They were getting lunch from uh, one of those. Uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, it's like a little little van, and they have pizza with the food like, food truck. Yeah. And uh, so I, they, the stuff crust pizza was really big at the time, and I was like, that's. I had one and I was like, that's, it was like soggy and gross. It's and gross. disgusting. Like, I, don't, I was like, I don't know why people can like this. And I was like, well, the only thing that would be grosser in it would be
0: like fish in there. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> we'll put fish in the crust. You're like, and don't tell them because then they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I just like, oh, and I just went nuts on this one panel
1: with the pizza fish truck. Um, and it was like the first, first appearance of pizza fish that you never see. And there's a shot of uh, a Dick and he's like eating a piece of pizza pizza. And he's, like, talking on the phone with somebody. And I just shot in the background of Wally. and he's got, like, ten pieces of pizza. And he's got the money in his mouth. And the guy's taking the money out of his mouth because well, he has to eat a bunch of, of the Speed Force stuff. I just thought it was kind of, a, kind of a goofy thing to kind of play with. And of course, he got to kids' ass. So I was like, that's it, pizza fish is going to be in everything after this. And then it's been in almost every issue. Because in all, pretty much every issue of the Titans, uh, it's actually in the Red Hood issue I just did. And actually, Scott put it in damn script. Oh, there's, there's, there's a there's a there's a pizza fist restaurant. Right he's driving <laughs> over so uh, it's, like, it's funny now that that's kind of, I think I, it, it, that would be kind of cool. I'd love to see that on like the Flash TV show or something like that. That would is freaking awesome. You know they, they have rather uh, than radus or uh, what's it called in kind of, uh, the first two seasons.
0: <laughs> you know you know what the worst part is? Work there. Like some like corporate douchebag from Pizza Hut's going to be like. Guys, we gotta make some money somehow. Wait a minute, m- m- wait a minute. I'm reading this Teen Titans book that appeared out of nowhere. Pizza fish. Brett Booth, like yeah, son of a bitch. I never no, should have said anything. All of the fish in the i like, damn it. <laughs> it. was a joke. Why would you do that? <laughs> pay me money. Make sure you pay me money, though.
1: <laughs> I still, I, 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 would love to do like. I, there's a story and we did part of it in the, the Titans one of the Titans issues, where they're like, fighting in like a pizza fish warehouse. Um, but it's, it wasn't nearly as far in as I wanted to go with it, because there actually is a story behind the Pizza Fish that I would love to do.
0: The question is, would, one day, if someone, if they gave you that paycheck for the, um, for the trademark, um, the question is, would you feel bad for the fact that Pizza Fish exists, but would you be kind of okay with it, because they paid you money?
1: Oh, uh, I, I would actually be laughing my ass off. Yeah, Because uh I most of the food people eat is I think it's, it's just gross. So it's it's fine if pizza fish exists and I'm just making money off of it. Yep. So cool. I won't eat it, but you know.
0: <laughs> like you pay you paid me for that trademark pizza
1: fish. Yeah. I will I'm, never I'm, eat I'm, this. I'm, 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 I like I said, I'd love to see it on the on the show at some point. Yeah. But um the flash show. Or star like one of the movies that would be great.
0: So with that, and one of the things I wanna mention before we before we bring the show to a close, is the awesome. um we talked about the uh, anthropomorphic art you did before, and we've—I know your wife is actually a, co- a comic book colorist, and and uh, yes. you and you and collaborated on a—it was an art book by uh by edited by Steve Miller, and it kind of cool because looking at it, you've got yourself and you've got Todd—is it Todd Knock? I I can never pronounce his name right. now. I always feel so bad. Knock, Todd Knock. I say
1: uh, I I I, say knock.
0: You, I don't remember, I don't say
1: hey Todd Knock. I just say hey Todd. So, yeah. <laughs> oh no.
0: It's like don't tell I mean, him I mean, you can't I mean, pronounce I mean, his
1: name. it. it's like Wills Um I guess some people say say Wills differently. As far as I know, it's just Wills. But that's that, that's <laughs> I talk to him. That's what he call him. That's what, that's what they called him with the studio.
0: It's like pronounce Chris Pachalo. No, uh, I I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I'm assuming um, it's Pachalo. I I have no idea.
1: I've heard Pachalo. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard Pachalo for Chris uh, Pachalo. What I mean.
0: Like, for me, those sounds make the most sense in my head, so that's my logic. But, um, I know you all, you all worked together on this book. I know Arthur Adams worked on it too, uh, Mitch Bird. And, um, so how how did that come about? Was it just like a work for hire thing, or? Uh, well, I had already
1: drawn the, the images, so basically what they did is they took the images, they just licensed the images, and then they reverse engineered them using the cylinder, just, uh, that, that technique, which doesn't actually work. <laughs> Uh, so basically, they did like, they, they, they I didn't draw any of the other stuff. Like, the, how, the how-to stuff, or the, the, the actual line drawings to get to the, I just did the final drawing. The other ones are kind of like, as a reverse engineer. Yeah. I guess, I'm assuming they like took the picture, maybe traced over it to get the basic form.
0: Well, come on, Brett. Don't you know that people are just made of circles? And if their names are <laughs> like, and if their name is Shaft, they're made of like 40 circles.
1: Yeah, it, It's a weird thing because, like, uh, how to kind of draw comics that Marvel way uses that too, but they actually show, like, two or three pages of the actual <laughs> way all the comic book artists actually draw, which is the sketch technique. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's kind
2: of odd that they just kind of gr- glance over, just great. don't, don't go
1: this way. Maybe it's just so they can more exciting when they get the shows and the drawing that way. But how are you doing that? But um, that that's the way that everybody actually draws. No one actually uses the circle technique. It's like the cubes and squares and tubes and
0: stuff. No one uses that. I went there to be, I love those parodies when they do the parodies of the How to Draw Books Online where they have like, first draw a circle, then draw a circle next to the circle, and then draw a complete painting. And then you have like the freaking uh, Mona Lisa. It's like, yeah, oh, I have, I have- my thing
1: was, it's an owl. It's like, here's how you draw an owl. Said, this is for the head. It's like an owl for the body. Now you draw the rest of the fucking owl.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> and
1: I said, <laughs> that's what it says. The swearing
0: and you know. all. Oh, um, I remember that. That's, that's, I, I, I saved it on my pack, and I just couldn't stop laughing when I saw that. I
1: was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> they were was like, well, how do you do this, and how do you do that? And I like, oh, you have, to, you, know, you have to
0: learn how to do this. Now draw the rest of the fucking owl. Oh, here it is. I found it. Um, yeah, you, you got it? Yeah, how to draw an owl. Draw some circles, yeah. draw the rest of the fucking owl. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like that's what you want to say when people ask you all this stuff. You're like, Oh, what about this? What about that? And you're like you're seeing on the wrong day and you're just like, Oh god, I just want I don't want to see this or you can see something that's just like so off. Cool. Oh, no, no, that's not what that's supposed to do. Not at all. <laughs> well,
0: I totally understand, man. It's like doing like a... Uh, I, I try to I think,
1: try it. like, like you have, you're going to have to go, and it, there's a lot of them don't want to do this stuff. Um, it's like, we have the internet. You can go get pictures of naked people or mostly naked people. There's, I mean, I retweet, there's a guy that I follow, and I retweet. He sells packages of him doing poses. Yep. For like five bucks, and you can get like 50 poses or whatever it is. Like, you need to learn how to draw people in real life. It's best to kind of learn how to do it quickly, and then you can, you know, when I was in college, we had like, it was like a three-hour class twice a week, um, and it was like you, know, like you got like three, three-minute drawings, or five-minute drawings, and like ten-minute drawings, and you have like a half-hour drawing, and then you have like an hour drawing. and then you have to go through these steps because you have to learn how to body, how the body works in three dimensions so that you can translate it into two dimensions, and then you have to learn how to work force perspective properly, you know, or Quite right. It just looks kind of off. Uh, really force things if you want. Like Kirby was really good at, at extreme force force perspective. Um, uh, and so like, look look at comic art for that stuff. But you're you're going to need to learn how the body works, how the muscles work. You know? So drawing people with clothes on doesn't actually work that well because you can't see how everything moves mean the clothes. I mean, it, but you know, you going to have to draw with the clothes on too because you don't learn how the folds go. And then that, that's just part of it. And then now you have to learn how to draw the perspective and the backgrounds. And then on top of that, you have to learn how to draw storytelling. <laughs> so and like a lot of that stuff is just isn't taught. At least it wasn't whenever I was coming up. So like the storytelling stuff, not of that was taught. I learned how to draw perspective in, in high school. I took art classes in high school. That taught. This is what they you all know, people they were still funding the schools enough, so like, they had supplies. So we you know we learned how to draw perspective. And, Learn some sort of weird techniques uh, with the <laughs> wax and all that um, crap. I had a sculpture class and I had a pottery class, and so I had, a, I had a bunch of art classes, which you don't really have anymore. Um, then I went to an art school for you know, associate's degree for college. Uh, so you need you, you need to have, like, you, need to have like, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to the school, but you need to learn how to draw from real life, and you don't have to know draw, you know, completely realistic. Of course, what I would do is I would you know. Like the quick loose drawings, I would do just quick loose drawings, and then when i get like half an hour or an hour to draw something, I would try and draw more in my style, so if there was someone standing, sitting there, i put them on the throne, or i you know, put them in a superhero pose, or do whatever, um, and you know, they actually loved it, and like was an older woman, she'd like come by, and I would like draw, doing doing something superhero, and she was oh, she was so excited and happy to see that kind of stuff. Because it's, all, it's, 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 it's an art thing, so, you know, you're arting <laughs> whatever the hell that means now. But, you know, you're not just drawing from real life. So you take what you've learned, the drawing from real life, and you're applying it to the, the, the not drawing from real life. But you can use those basic techniques for, you know, comp art or um, design work. There's a ton of these people who do stuff, video games and music stuff, the concept design. Yeah. Um, there's some fantastic stuff. Uh, on Twitter. Which is, uh, so, I, I, one of the reasons why I like to get on Twitter is I like to look at all the pretty art that I get to see. Uh, and I'll retweet the, the stuff that I think is really cool. I'll retweet it. So, other people can see it. And they can learn from it. Uh, and, uh, as I tell other people online, besides the, the realistic stuff, I'm also learn how to draw uh, animation stuff. So you can get some animation classes, that's awesome. Because guys will teach you how to do squash and stretch. I learned a little bit of that from books that I got from Disney learning how they did things I was, for a little bit. I thought about becoming a Disney animator because when I lived in Florida, um, Orlando's up north, and uh, the starting animator you pay at like, the time was like forty five or $50,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was the 90s, so I was like, oh, wow. something they fall back on maybe. I so can't get in as a comic book artist, which starting pay was you know, $75 a page. I think okay. that's like $21,000 a year or something like that. <laughs>
0: I would, funny enough like as far as like um, artists who draw clothing really well because you mentioned that and that's not easy a lot of people just tend to draw everyone in tights and after a while if you don't really know how to add the extra texture add the folds of the clothing you just oh, yeah, basically I'm not, I'm
1: not super great at the clothes yeah that's not something i'm super great at but uh, there are some clothes, but you know they study some realistic stuff i, uh, I guess some, some of people post pictures of yours, you know, here's, a, here's like a, a, a satin thing and I know no, I retweeted it. I copied it and put it on my iPad for a future reference. Uh, so here's how satin folds, here's how this folds, here's how copper folds. I was like, oh, that's just really cool. <laughs> like, so I mean, depending on what you're using, whatever it is, if I need some reference, I got some cool reference. There are different you know, capes and you know, shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. There's always cool stuff on the internet.
0: One one artist I wish I would see more work with nowadays is actually is uh, Jeff Moy, the one who did Legion of Superheroes. Um, before Abnett and Lanning came on, because he tended, he would draw clothing really well, and even if it was tight, he would always draw add the little textures, add the little differences that made it not look like body paint, because yeah. there was a time, I think it was on Gen 13, and Ed Banis was the artist, and Ed Banis, he, Ed Banis draws like Ed Banis, Moy came on, Beniz. Beniz,
2: I've never Beniz. heard that. I don't know, I don't know how, I don't
1: know the correct pronunciation.
0: Beniz sounds better. I want to go with the news. But um uh, we talked to him. That's not how you pronounce my name. Either one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And sorry. I've never
1: heard it. I've never heard it from him. But, so, um like, uh, like and stuff like that. Yeah. Some people like like, hey, man, you're like, you have to meet so you can actually, you know, ask uh, them how they'll, they'll pronounce it for you. So, like, okay, cool. Now I know how to pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, oh, God, I have no idea. Hey, how you doing? And, uh, you, just, you know,
0: you just. What's going on, guy? Keep <laughs> hey, guy. I don't know you. Hey, guy.
1: No, it's kind of funny because uh, I someone, to someone things and I talk to David Finch for a little bit. And then, like,
2: a couple years later, we met at a show and he didn't remember me at oh. all. And then he was like, saying,
1: Oh, hey. Dude. I, guess I guess he was like, looked it up while we were driving to the airport. He's like, Oh, shit, you're Brett. <laughs> Okay. I thought it was funny. I just—I thought it was mean because I'd only met him once. Not once at that DC thing.
0: I think in a way, uh, like I, I, I don't get out a lot. So
1: I think like, uh, it's just funny because like uh, Kevin McGuire was at Wildstorm for a little bit. I was at Wildstorm while I was there. I remember working working on his
0: projects. Yeah, because he was in, doing Wild 2002 uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking to him and stuff like that. And then when I went to see him
1: again, he didn't recognize me, and then uh, he didn't remember that that stuff at Wildstorm at all. So <laughs> they were all getting older and forgetful. I saw Scott Williams last year. He didn't recognize me. So. Well, actually, I actually, him, but he didn't recognize me. I, I guess I was much younger at the time. I was like 20-something.
0: Actually, I saw you guys both at the same show. Was that a fan expo? Because I saw you yeah, yeah, and yeah. I saw Scott.
1: He, I, was, I was waiting. I was to, to the hotel and they are like, oh, there's supposed to be a person in the lobby. They weren't in the lobby. They were outside um, by the cars or something like that. Uh, so I'm like waiting in the lobby for like this like some random person with a sign. It wasn't I like, couldn't find anybody there. And then Scott walked walk by, and I was like, "Hey, Scott!" Like, hey, and he was like, "Hey, there's Brett, the from Wall like, Oh.
0: <laughs> I will say though. Going out
1: my glasses on, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a while, I guess. I'm older, bolder, and fatter. I guess. <laughs> I,
0: I will say though that was a like that show, man. That was a kill. That was a killer guest list in terms of comic creators. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, they
1: did pretty well at the show. I uh, just wish that, uh, that they put us up at the same, they didn't put us up at a different hotel. Cause I would have, it would have been easier just to walk upstairs and downstairs.
0: Oh, that's aggravating. Yeah. they told Andrew Valhaas that we were gonna be
2: at the hotel that uh, the show was, uh, attached to, I guess. And so he got a hotel
1: there. But no, they put me in the other hotel. So I was like, ah, damn it. So, we had not just stay at one place. Yeah, it's that's just one of those things. Because, mm-hmm. then you have to go driving it. Well, really We did went to drive me anyways because we so I hadn't had it in, in since 2000. Yeah. No, no, I, I had had it in 2013, and then it was 2013. Like, this is how weird it is, how much you, know, you live in California, and you get used to it in and out, it's kind of, like, uh, addictive almost. And you move out of California, and, like, no in and outs, or half, half the most of the country doesn't have, to have, doesn't have it. So it's like, oh man. So when they do, you go to some place that actually has one, make a special trip together. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, because you guys were. <laughs> and, 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 and it's just hamburgers and stuff. I thought it'd be fancy. Oh, I no, know, I know what you mean. Like, um, was it Arizona when they, when I found that in that burger? I was like, yes. And then they opened up one here in Texas. And I was like, yes, I'm about to drive to Austin. And then they finally opened up one in San Antonio. And I was like, Jen, Jen, my girlfriend, you have to have this. It's the greatest scene ever. I like the fries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <"Ugh." laughs> I forget. I'm in Waterburger State. Yeah, I
1: hate Whataburger. Except cute. for the uh, milkshakes and the uh, apple pies. Are, the apple pies are really good because they're like the old McDonald's apple pies. Yeah.
0: The sad thing the is I have to go down, down one across. highway and then go down another highway if I want to get to eating yeah. burger. And I'm like, why Why is there just one? There's 80 oh, yeah. Waterburgers. At you
1: have one there. They don't have one over this way
0: yet. True. We'll find a way. You and I will go uh, on Twitter. I suppose we'll, they're getting a Freddy's. We're getting a Freddy's
1: nearby where I actually go shopping. So.
0: Oh, we have one down the street. I heard
1: they're good. They, they are.
0: are good. So I think we've kind of, I think we've reached the end of the show as we were talking about uh, fast food chains from California. Yeah. yeah. And so with that, um, that brings us nice. to the end of our newest show. I wanted to thank you again, Brad, for coming on. It's been fantastic. And so with that, that brings us to the end of our newest episode of circuit 42. Uh, Brett, for all those people out there, those people looking for you on the interwebs, on the social medias, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter is the easiest. Uh, Demon Puppy, with
1: a capital D. Um, I will links to uh, my Patreon on there. Um, I'm on Instagram. I think it's Brett mm-hmm. um, it the lower, the the little slash on the bottom, Comic Art. I think that's what it is, but I don't go on there very much because I don't like the interface. <laughs> It's more like Facebook,
0: and I hate Facebook. So. Yeah, and for and for all those looking for Circuit Forty Two, uh, you can find us on Facebook, ironically. Um, <laughs> you can—that's our main social media page. Uh, please, please, go on that social media page. You're have thousand people. Please come to our fa- come to, come to our show. It's way better. You get to hear us talk about cool things with cool people like Brett,
1: dinosaurs,
0: and dinosaurs, right? <laughs> and wa- and in a burger. And um, on top of that, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on iTunes, and you can find us on iHeartRadio. With that, I want to say thank you again to my special guest, Brett Booth. And thank you. To no, thank I- you. Of course. And thank you to everyone who- ah. out there listening at Circuit 42. And have a great night, everyone.